You're listening to the Women of Worth podcast with Vicki Jacoby. Follow Vicki as she ponders anew the women of the Bible, the well-known and also the little-known. Women of Worth is not only a fresh look at scores of interesting biblical characters, but also a source of inspiration for daily Christian living. Now looking at Mary and the Other Woman. For more on this episode, follow the link in the show notes. Now here's today's teaching. Podcast 5 in our Women of Worth series is entitled The Other Women. Now I didn't say The Other Woman because there's often been a lot said about Jesus and his relationship with Mary Magdalene and uh, I don't believe there's any truth to it whatsoever but people have always tried to make out that he had a relationship and that she was the other woman but that really is not the case but I'm talking about the other women. It's amazing when we go through the Gospels that we find there are women, lots of women, involved in Jesus' ministry. And I share this story and these insights that have helped me understand that there are times sometimes where we are women and we may be with each other where we don't have a name. Some of these women were named in the gospel, but a lot of times they were just the other women who were traveling with Jesus, who had come from Galilee with him. One of the reasons I like to think about these other women is that we find them with Jesus when he goes to the cross. But when we see these other women, we also see Mary at that time. And I find that very significant when we talked a little bit before about her initially, perhaps when Jesus started his ministry, trying to interfere, looking like she might be a little possessive, a little controlling. And here we look at her really three years later. um, And I think probably what has, when we find Mary uh, very moving in John 19, which we'll look at at near the foot of the cross, and she's right there with her son. When obviously all the fulfillment of what Simeon said to her in Luke chapter 2 is coming to fruition, it's really quite startling. But picking up in Luke's gospel, we also find just how significant the women have been. In Luke chapter 8, it says, um, After this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him, and also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out. Joanna, the wife of Chusa, the manager of Herod's household, Susanna, and many other women. These women were helping to support them. This is the disciples and Jesus out of their own means. And we hear about large crowds coming. Um, We we go on a little bit further in Luke's gospel, and this is towards the end of Jesus's ministry. But we find in Luke chapter 23 that the centurion, when he saw all that had happened, praised God and said, surely This was a righteous man when we're talking about the death of Jesus on the crucifixion. When all the people who'd been gathered to witness this sight saw what took place, they beat their breasts and went away. But all those who knew him, who knew Jesus, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things. 
verse 55 of the same chapter. The women who had come with Jesus from Galilee followed Joseph of Arimathea and saw the tomb and how his body was laid in it. Then they went home and prepared spices and perfumes, but they rested on the Sabbath in obedience to the commandment. Amazing commitments that we see of these women. And then in verse chapter 24, verse 1, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they'd prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down and their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in the alley. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then the women remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed like nonsense to them. And then we find again the women mentioned on the road to Emmaus in verse 22 when they are recounting the story of what's happened. It says, oh, and some of our women amazed us. And then they say, oh, and the women said to us that they didn't find him in the tomb. Now, what's amazing to me is that the strength and the courage and that these women had been following Jesus and it says many women. It's not just one or two. They've come from Galilee. They're all gathered in Jerusalem. These are God-fearing people who've come down for the celebration. They've followed Jesus because the Bible tells us he resolutely set out for Jerusalem. He knew he had to die in Jerusalem. What I see with these women is just the courage that they have the courage they have to follow Jesus into some of the most desperate and darkest times. But I also see this courage in Mary as well. I see an incredible vulnerability that Mary at what must be a mother's absolute nightmare allows these women to be close to her. They're there, they're all together. They've come from Nazareth. Some of them are mothers of the disciples, uh, of the 12. Um, and we just see, even in Matthew 28, which is a passage or a chapter that's so familiar to all of us, just the significance that the women were playing again and again in the life of Jesus, but also the significance that they had in their role. The women, truthfully, in Matthew 28, they are able to hear what the angel has to say to them. They're the first ones to witness the risen Lord. They're told not to be afraid. And they're the ones to get up and go. And there's fear, but there's incredible joy. And they run and they tell the disciples the good news. Um, they're the ones that interact with the guards and they, the guards hear, oh my goodness, their body isn't there. What are we going to do about it? 
And I think over and over again, we see in the narrative that the women are right there with the men. They've, they have an incredible place. They've got an incredible worth. Their value of being able to understand the visions that the angel is talking about to the vision that Jesus was going to be resurrected. The women understood that. Peter did not. They're still looking. They're puzzled. They haven't been able to put it together. And I think that we have to realize that having courage to go to some of these tragic, hard places gives us an incredible opportunity to have our eyes truly open to what God has in store for our lives. One of the biggest things this teaches me is that we have to be present. And there are two things I take away from this is that we need to be present and we need to be prayerful. These women, because they were involved, they use their money, they use their finances, um, they use their ability, their availability of the homes. You think of Mary and Martha, they had hospitality. They, they use the gifts that they have. Some of them didn't have much at all. Some of them were just there out of gratitude for being healed. But they stuck close to Jesus. They stayed with that plan, which lets them then have an incredible vision of what the kingdom of God is going to become. But they had to be present. Many years ago, I was involved with a, a family whose young daughter was, had, was dying of cancer. And a number of us were there. It was a single mom who had adopted a beautiful daughter from China. And this young girl was only 20 years old when she died. And there were a number of us who were able to be present to support the mom, to support the family. And it was one of the most gut-wrenching times. But I remember that night so clearly being able to be with Joan, to be with her as she, we were there as her daughter died. Her daughter was faithful. It was actually her fifth spiritual birthday. And we all think she hung on for that because we were able to celebrate that she'd been a disciple for a quarter of her life. But there was something about being present and something about being, it wasn't about us. It was about being the other women. We were there to support to be a comfort, to do whatever it took to be an encouragement. And it, yet it was one of the most gut-wrenching times, as I shared, but it was also one of the most beautiful times because we were there to experience someone go from this earthly life on to a heavenly life. And that's something I think all of us as women, we've got tremendous worth and value about just being present in those difficult times. You know, mums are notorious for being able to show up and have incredible strength and courage when someone's sick in the hospital. Um, you know, we have been given that ability and that strength. But I just want to encourage us to realize that those are the times when you won't have a name and you won't have a faith and you wonder, what am I doing here? What is all that's going on? And you can feel so insignificant. But I want to point out that these other women in Jesus' ministry and his, in his life have got tremendous worth 
and tremendous value. And sometimes in life, we are called to do some of these very ignoble tasks. And it feels like, oh, how do I fit into this picture? And yet I really believe God is revealing that this is the time when our presence as another woman, as other women, is really key. It's biblical. It's worthy. It's noble. It's noteworthy. And just sometimes I think we have got to look for those times, look for those places where someone needs some support and just to step in as these women did in Mary's life, but also to be a support in the ministry of Jesus. In John 19, verse 25, we hear and we read, Near the cross was Mary, his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleopas, and Mary Magdalene. Perhaps one of the most moving things to realize that these women were there, but standing just a little further, we find that again, there's another group of other women who had come from Galilee, who had come from Nazareth. They had followed Jesus. They had been with him through his ministry. They'd supported him. And now they're there not just to support Jesus, but they're there to support Mary. I think of these women together, the other women. Maybe some have names, some don't. But they're able to view her courage. They recognize her obedience from going from Galilee up to Jerusalem to observe the feast because it was Passover. Mary, by now, she knows what's going on. She knows that this is what Simeon had said. And she understood that this was the time for the Messiah. But what I admire about Mary is that she's gracious and she is accepting of the situation. She's able to go with the pain. She's able to go with the flow. But she's able to allow those other women to be near her. You know, just three years earlier, she's very protective of the family. She's trying to tell Jesus what to do. But now we see her surrendered. I think that's how we learn from each other as other women is how do we go through? How do we process? How do we mourn? How do we grieve? And we need to learn from Mary and these other women about the comfort they provide for one another for one another. You know, when you think about Mary, she's lost Joseph and now she's losing her oldest boy. And it just reminds us of what it means for these women to be a widow. You know, Jesus is, he does have brothers and sisters, but there was so much expectation put on that oldest one. And the two most significant men in her life are no longer there. The ones who understood the angel, the prophecies, all that was going on. The brothers still weren't quite understanding. They'd been trying to pressure Jesus before as to when he should go up for the festival. Um, and obviously we've got to remember that he he was special. You know, Mary's treasured these things in her heart. She's pondered these things, but it's all coming together at this time. She's tried to battle it a little bit when we said she wobbled, but now we see her with that strength. You know, I wonder, after Jesus died, where does she stay? You know, we see her in Acts chapter 1. That's obviously 50 days later at Pentecost. But 
I wonder, because I think of Mary and Martha and Lazarus just lived in Bethany. It's just about two miles down from the temple, whether that's where she stayed. Those are some other women, significant women, that we know had a home, had a place. We know how much Jesus loved Lazarus. I just wondered, did Mary stay and find comfort there? And sometimes as other women, that's what it means. It's just opening our home to somebody to say, come and stay. Come with me. I can take care of you in these tough times. Let me help with your children. Yes, we're great sometimes about cooking meals, but what I see with these women is they needed the physical, emotional, the spiritual touch. And sometimes we feel like, I don't know how to meet that need. And yet these women, they were right there. They'd gone through that experience. They'd been present together. And one of the things I've learned is it's so important just to show up. Don't wait to be asked. Sometimes we just need to go and knock on someone's door and take someone something. When we know there's been a death or there's been an accident or there's, there's an incredible time of need. Because sometimes our tendency is to say, let me just let them be. And we all need time alone. But what I see is these women, they're in it together. They have this experience. They understand that they've got to be present for one another. And then what the other thing that I see, as I mentioned, is in Acts chapter, chapter 1 and verse 14, is that Mary stays with the group and she prays. And it's simple, but I think it gives us the answer to how we really must turn to God personally, individually, and communally when we are grieving. So Acts chapter 1, verse 14. We know now they've chosen Matthias as a replacement for Judas, and they've sort of been back in Jerusalem here. And the, the apostles are all there together in Jerusalem. And we hear of all of their names, and it says they all, this is the apostles, joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women, the other women, they come up again, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. I do know we all grieve in different ways, but I know for myself, and I've seen it in other people, that that's one of the biggest times we can either choose to turn towards God in our grief, or we can turn away. I know a lot of times there's anger and there's tremendous disappointment and different emotions come out at different times. But I implore you when you're with people or with yourself in a grieving moment, not to be angry with God, not to doubt God's nature. We may feel the most desperate and the most helpless at those times, but I just remind us of what Zechariah did he doubted God's ability. He was quiet for a very long time, for maybe, as we said, up to a year. You know, Mary is a model for us in her grief, that she allows others in, she stays with the believers, that she's prayerful, and even though we can be like, wow, Jesus rose again, that's good news, Still, 
it's an unbelievable loss. And just because Jesus has resurrected doesn't take away from the pain and the agony and the anguish that she was in. But you see how vulnerable she is. She's not self-reliant. And I really believe she's a model for the other women, for the disciples who were there, for the 12, and even for her other sons. Because now we see this family really united in grief, but also united in purpose and are united in prayer and, are un- and they're united in praising God. And I don't know how it all works together, but to me, and I look at Mary's life and I think of where she came from and what she was committed to in the beginning, to seeing her here at the end of Jesus's life and after the resurrection, that she's there when this fledgling kingdom is born and is reborn in many ways because it's been it's a reappearing and we are there and we're able to experience like her the start of the church at Pentecost. What a thrill to see the Holy Spirit work in that way, to see all those people in Jerusalem become Christians. I mean, it was really the beginning of a new age in an incredible way. But because Mary was able to stay, she had the grace She had the ability, she trusted in God that she needed to follow his process and follow this pathway. And although she's grieving, she allowed there to be comfort from others, the other women, from her family, but also comfort from God. And she got to see the ultimate vision of all time to see the kingdom of heaven revealed. You know, in Luke's gospel, we read about Mary's visit with Simeon when they are presenting Jesus when he's very young. And I think of how this visit has all made complete sense to her. It talked about her soul being pierced with a sword. And we start to understand how all that came to fruition on the cross. But I think of Simeon and I think of Mary sharing this now with the other women, with the disciples, because they wouldn't have been present at that time. And Simeon having some thoughts like this, like today I saw the Christ child, the one we've been waiting for. The family fulfills scripture, the miracles, the incarnation and the spirit. Here I saw him in Jerusalem, in the temple. And I saw Mary this young girl with her husband from the Galilee, from way up north. You know, they had the child in Bethlehem in the city of David, as was prophesied. I'm singing, I'm lifting my voice and spirit to glorify God because he keeps his promises. This child is the hope for the future, for the future generations, for men and women, for the rich, for the poor, for the Jews, for the non-Jews. Simeon, old man, now he knows he can find rest. His eyes have seen, your word has been proclaimed. The new temple is being established. The Lamb of God, the sacrifice for all mankind, for all nations and for all generations. Simeon has seen this.
Mary remembers his words. They came, this family, offering two simple birds. Like Mary, Simeon stood in wonder and awe, taking in the words. Mary treasured all these things that were shared. She stored them in her heart. And Simeon realized that the kingdom was safe because this was the child with his parents who was adored by his mother. Simeon saw righteousness, he saw radiance, and he saw times of refreshing to come. These other women, they were able to see and experience righteousness, radiance, and understood that times of refreshing were coming with the ushering in of the kingdom of God. Just let us ponder, think about what Mary would have shared, the prayers that she would have spoken, the words that came out of her mouth as she's putting together like that prophecy from Simeon. It's making sense. But they were present, they were together. And somehow as women, even in this digital age, there is something about being able to physically, emotionally, spiritually connect. Zoom is great. Texting is great. But we cannot get away from being in a communal presence with one another, to having those Mary and Elizabeth type relationships, to sharing the things like Simeon had shared and expressing and expounding on the words that we have heard through scripture. Prayerfully, we will be proud and honored to be the other women. We can't all be Mary, the mother of Jesus, but we can be inspired by her. We can let the words of the prophecies and the prophets, and even Anna, who will study another time, come to life in our own life. But it's also so exciting to understand that the prayer and the praise and the presence were all something that Mary shared and experienced with the other women. We hope you enjoyed Vicky's teaching on Women of Worth. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to leave a review on the podcast platform you tuned in from. Those reviews help to make sure that more people can discover the value of the Women of Worth podcast. Thank you again for listening.